Moncrief on News Talk. Now, if you've ever wondered what your own funeral might be like, then there's uh, a chance to find out. A living funeral is where the deceased has, hasn't has deceased yet. Megan Harwood-Baines from Sky News has been digging into this, pardon the pun. Megan, good afternoon. Hiya. Uh, so, th- as I understand it, there's kind of two different varieties of this practice. So could you tell us what th- those are? Sure. So when I was looking into it, I found, yeah, there's two sort of similar but very distinct types of living funerals. So there's almost like the pre-funeral, which is often held for people who are terminally ill. And that's a chance for them to say goodbye, have a going away party, you know, gather with their friends and family one last time. And there's also these living funeral meditation ceremonies, which is a chance for anyone, you don't have to be dying, you could be perfectly healthy, to just confront the idea of what it would be like if you died. Because, you know, it's it's going to happen to everyone. There's only one way out of this world. So it just gives people a chance to, you know, confront that idea and sort of face up to the reality of their own death. Yeah. Okay. So, so taking the second one first, you, <clears throat> you did take part in this. What does that consist of? I did. So I did this amazing ceremony with, uh, her name was Emily Cross. She's a death doula down in Dorset. And she runs these meditative ceremonies. I only did a taster version. The full version is about three hours long. But you do, um, I know, it's, it's split into several different parts. There's, you know, the part I did, you look at a picture of yourself, you imagine this is the picture being shown at your funeral. You think about what your final words would be, what you would say to people one last time. And then she guides you through a very deep meditative process where you sort of imagine you're dying, your spirit is leaving your body. You get into a coffin, she closes the lid and you know, more meditations take place before you're sort of brought back to life, back into your body and back into the room. How long are you in the coffin for? Um, I want to say about five minutes, but honestly, it it felt like longer. It was a very intense experience. Yeah, very freaky. I'm going to claw my way out here, start screaming any moment (laughs) experience. I, it it wasn't comfortable, but I guess, you know, they're not really built with comfort in mind. And I had a a sort of, I was in a woven coffin. It wasn't perhaps the more traditional ones you see at funerals, which I think would have freaked me out a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I was, I was ready to get out when she lifted the lid. (laughs) No, I mean, and as I understand, you did lose your father relatively recently. So that kind of gave it more of a context for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I always joke with my friends that I'm obsessed with death because I think when you've seen someone you love die, you kind of have no choice but to sort of confront the reality of, okay, well, this is what happens. We're all going to die. This is going to happen to me one day. Um, so yeah, so I think, I mean, I probably talk about death too much, but I think more people should, you know, we don't talk about death enough. People get freaked out by it. They almost think it's like contagious. You know, if I, you know, talk about someone dying, that means I'm going to die. And, you know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, but the idea, though, of lying in a coffin and contemplating your own mortality, d- mm-hmm. d- did you find afterwards that, did did it change you in any way? Did it change what you were doing? I mean, I would love to have done actually the full three hour one, um, because I think that I would have, you know, I would have felt more changed by that. But it it was quite refreshing. You know, you come out of it and you think, okay, I am going to die one day, but actually I'm also alive. I'm alive now and I've got so many opportunities to live my life. It was, yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So beautiful. I I suppose maybe not a a word people might expect to have to to connect to Mm. an experience such as that. 
I think it's definitely an acquired taste. I think if you're claustrophobic, <laughs> if you're really freaked out by death, maybe it's not something you want to do. But if you're sort of curious about this idea, um, and you know, if you're quite spiritual, I think it's definitely. I, w- I would recommend it. You know. Yeah, and so and so the the, the other form of this, the the, the pre funeral, this is this is generally for people who do have a, a terminal illness of some sort, so they know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the only people I spoke to it, that was what they were going through. Um, I spoke to this amazing guy called Rob Hale. He died a couple of weeks after we spoke, but he held a, a living funeral to give him a chance to say goodbye to his family and friends. And he said it gave him such a sense of peace that, you know, he'd now said everything he needed to say. He had no regrets. He could just go. And I mean, he was incredible. He was only 33. Oh, gosh. Mm. Yeah. Oh God, that's that's really sad. And and then so is it? They've had this pre-funeral. Is that instead? Well, it can't be instead of a funeral, I assume. It's kind of agreed what happens when the actual death takes place. So I think it depends on the family. Uh, Rob's family did have a funeral for him afterwards, but I also spoke to this other woman called Rachel who was living with a heart condition and had planned a living funeral. And she kind of said, you know, living funerals are for the living. If they want to have a funeral after I'm gone, great. I don't really care because I'll be dead. And I think, you know, that's kind of a nice way to think about it. There's no pressure to then have these big, expensive, somber ceremonies if you don't feel that that is what's right for you. Yeah. And and especially, I suppose, well, uh, yeah, I suppose in advance, you can kind of, uh, all the people you would like at your funeral, you could arrange it at a time of everyone's convenience, which mightn't be convenient when you die because you obviously can't plan that. Uh, kind of thing. There, there, but there was um, Chris Halenga. Uh, mm. uh, tell us about the funeral Chris Halenga had. So Chris Halenga is the founder of this charity, Copperfield. It's a breast cancer charity. And she's been living with incurable breast cancer for a number of years. But she held a, a funeral, so emphasis on the fun, <laughs> at Truro Cathedral. Um, and it was just this glitzy, star-studded um she had the Vicar of Dibley give her eulogy because they're Brilliant. good friends. And it, you know, it was just a chance for her also to say, you know, everything she wanted to say and also celebrate her life. I don't think we celebrate life enough. We always say nice things about people once they're dead. Mm. But how nice would it be to actually say that to someone when they're still alive? Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a great idea. The, uh, um, <laughs> have you, have you, uh, has that actually made you think about what kind of funeral you'd like? To be honest, I'm kind of of the same approach that, you know, I'll be dead. So you yeah. guys can do whatever you can do whatever you want. I'd like to think if I had enough advance notice that I would plan something like a living funeral. Um, but it also is just an important reminder that actually everyone's going to die. So you need to be having those conversations with your your family and your loved ones just so that if something does happen, they'll be okay. You know, they know where the passwords are, you know, very simple things like that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I suppose it'd be nice to think that people might have a good time uh, at your yes. funeral uh, rather yeah. than being, you know, really miserable about it. Uh, I mean, they all sound really fun. I mean, Rachel was planning on having karaoke at her, so oh, I will get an invite when she has it. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, thanks a million uh, for talking to us today. Also, congratulations on your early alliteration, Death Doula Down in Dorset. That was impressive, <laughs> uh, I must say. Um, thank you, thank you. Megan Harwood-Baines is Digital Investigations Reporter for Sky News. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.